If you want to make passive income from your blog or niche site, then this is the episode for you. In today's episode, we had the privilege of interviewing Sarah Klo from Ezoic. She is the head of brand marketing over there, and it's a great interview. We get to talk about so many different things. In fact, there's one specific thing in this interview that you got to hear. In fact, it's the number one thing that people who are using Ezoic are not doing. And she knows this because she's from the inside. She knows exactly what's going on. We even kind of semi-break some news at the very uh, toward the very end of the episode as well. So be sure that you stay tuned for that to see exactly what's going to be changing, how it's going to be changing, and what it is that uh, you can take advantage of if you haven't joined Ezoic yet. Now, if you haven't joined Ezoic yet, why haven't you started? They have no limits when it comes to uh, the amount of traffic you need to be getting to your site. There's no traffic minimums or anything like that. You can literally start a niche site today and have it monetized by Ezoic by tomorrow. It's really that simple to set up. It's even gotten even easier since even when I signed up for it years ago. So if you would like to give Ezoic a try, be sure to check the link down in the show notes or the description if you are watching this on YouTube. It is going to be bloggerevolution.com slash Ezoic. That's bloggerevolution.com slash Ezoic. Be sure to go give it a try. It's 100% free. Plus, it's a great way to monetize your site passively. And you don't have to really worry about it. You click it on, you turn it on, and then you move on with your life and continue adding content to your site. But anyway, let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and jump into this amazing interview with Sarah Klo from Ezoic. And welcome back to the Blog Revolution. My name is Chris, and here we are uh, graced with the presence of Sarah Klo. What's up, Sarah? How's it going? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We had to do a few scheduling mishaps here and there, did. but hey, we, we finally were able to get it together. I appreciate you got your time. it together. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let me just, if you don't mind, please just give everyone a quick background on who you are, where you came from, and uh, what you're currently doing now over at Ezoic. Totally. Um, so yeah, my name is Sarah. I am currently the head of um, brand marketing at Ezoic. So I've been working at Zoic for over three years now. Um, I started out actually just doing social media marketing. Um, it was my first job out of college. Uh, a lot of people are surprised to hear that when I when I tell them that. I often get asked like, "How did you get into this industry? How did you know you wanted to work in like the ad industry, uh, in the publishing industry?" And I'm kind of like, "Well, I didn't know." Um, but yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to work in marketing. I wanted to get into the tech space. Um, and when I applied for a job at Zoic, uh, it was still a relatively small. Company. Company. There was about 100 employees, uh, and I met Tyler Bishop, who's our CMO, uh, and he really kind of explained to me, you know, the true value of everything Azoic Technology has to offer uh, to the publishing world. And I was very intrigued, so I started working here, and I've done so many different jobs, um, all marketing-related, um, but a lot, of, a lot of them just educating publishers talking to publishers online uh, and learning more about just their day-to-days. So that's kind of where, what got me to where I'm at now. That's awesome. That's an awesome yeah. background too. I said it was your first job. and Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite an overwhelming first job joining an industry that, as I'm sure you know, because you've been doing it for a long time, it's it's very complicated um, to really understand the way that advertising works um, and really just like building websites from scratch, like understanding how that works. It's definitely uh, no easy task. So I have uh, over the years come to really learn and understand a lot about it. Yeah. Sometimes I forget that. I'm going to be honest that, you know, uh, the, the advertisers, you guys, you need to know how to do exactly what we do when it comes to creating the content, creating a WordPress site and all of this oh, yeah. great stuff in order for it to work. Because yes. it is a complicated process. Yep. You're right. Let me ask yep. you this. Um, what is display ads? You know, just so we can start at the nice base mm-hmm. level and make sure we're all in the same the same playing field here. What's, what's a display ad and how can it benefit me and my blog? Yeah. So for programmatic ads that you put on your website, um, a lot of these ads, they're coming from tons and tons of different places. I think a lot of publishers, like 
probably don't really care or like think about like where the ads are coming from. But um, a lot of times like these ads are coming from Google. I think we all know that, you know, 90% of the ads that we see online are coming from Google. But um, if you're a publisher and you have a website and you want to start making money from your website, uh, you have quite a few options. So what you need to do is kind of think about what makes the most sense for me and what makes the most sense for my audience, but also like, you know, what's going to be the most lucrative? Because if you're someone who's creating content, you know, as nice as it would be to just create content all day for free, it's probably not going to be a good means of living. And so you're going to need to uh, start earning some revenue uh, from that labor that you're putting in uh, and content that you're creating and putting out, you know, in the world for people to search and find. So, I mean, there's a lot of different options here. You know, you could decide if you wanted to do a subscription-based model where people, you know, pay to get access to your content. You could be an affiliate marketer where you put affiliate affiliate links and, you know, try to sell products and collect a commission from that. Um, and ads are really basically you're putting uh, digital ads on your website, similar to how you would see in a magazine or a newspaper. But again, it's just online. Um, and these digital ads are coming from brands that are trying to uh, put their product or their service in front of as many eyeballs as possible. So uh, if you want to go that route, which I'm most in favor of, biased, but if you wanted to uh, put display ads on your website, um, you need to get access to ad demand. Um, ad demand is just what we call you know, where ads come from, um, because while Google is a dominator, they do come from various you know, ad networks, ad exchanges, so on and so forth. And so as a publisher, you need to work with uh, something like Azoic or you know, AdSense. There's lots of options out there. Um, but these uh, services can give you access to ads that you can then put on your website. Um, if you wanted to put ads on your website directly, uh, you could maybe go out and find a brand and reach out to them and say, hey, I want to put your ads on my website. I think it would make sense. But good luck doing that. It's very, very difficult. Uh, and so that's why uh, something like Azoic makes it easier for you. Hopefully that was easy to understand. <laughs> I feel like ads can be hard to simplify uh, sometimes. No, I appreciate you keeping it PG, telling us where ads come from, you know, <laughs> the, the general audience here. So, But no, I, I guess it, it makes plenty of sense because, um, because we are creating these blogs that happen to be about a particular topic, you know, people can advertise to that audience and I could do it, the publishers could do it, but then we have to do all of the negotiating with each individual brand and that can take a lot of headache. And I mean we're we're bloggers and content publishers at the end of the day. Totally. You know, so being able to have someone like Ezoic, a business out there who are going out there finding all of the people, telling us where the ads come from, and then being able to display them to the perfect person at the perfect time so that we can make, you know, the most amount of money from our sites. That's essentially what happens, right? Yeah. And I think what a lot of people like don't realize or think about, because again, I mean, it's been a, a long time since that has been, you know, the route where like, you know, if you have a website and you want to uh, make money from ads on your website or you go out yourself and like try and find ads, like that's called like a direct deal. Um, but again, it is, it's difficult. But another thing that I think, you know, publishers often forget is like, there is going to be an expectation of like ROI that you would have to produce there. So if you're saying like, okay, if I have a website about dogs and I email the, I don't know, local dog groomer, or I could do like a, you know, a dog food brand. I say, Hey, you know, I have an audience that I think, um, would really make sense for your brand to advertise in front of. So do you want to put your ads on my website? They'll be like, yeah, sure. But also, you know, you're going to have to provide that positive ROI for that brand. And that's just a lot of work. There's overhead costs uh, involved. And so that's why, you know, being able to just connect to something like Azoic, get access to thousands of different ad demand partners um, and really kind of let us kind of handle that headache makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. And I've seen some people on the internet who say, uh, who just do try to get direct deals and not saying that it's a foreign concept. It's a thing that people have totally, been doing for a while, yeah. but, but, uh, and then they'll brag about how they're making this much and making that much sometimes out of this world. But the problem with that, in my opinion, is that that's not very sustainable because like mm -hmm. you mentioned, if they're not getting the ROI, then there's no incentive for that business to continue paying for space on your, uh, on your website. But when you work with a company like Ezoic, you're going to constantly have some of the best brands on your site because they've already negotiated it. And then you can just concentrate 
on bringing in more eyeballs. So totally. I think that, that works totally. great for what he yeah. does. Yeah, I agree. I think direct deals, I mean, they're lucrative, yes. But again, I think it really depends on your website, like your visitors and your niche too. Like those are all, you know, factors that really matter. And yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy task. Um, but I mean, aside from direct deals, like there are always going to be advertisers that are looking for eyeballs, no matter what, that's never, ever going to change. And everything is digital. So I think when you have the option to, um, still, you know, have a very, very lucrative, uh, revenue stream with display and not have to go the direct ad route, at least doing it yourself, um, I think it's a good option. Yeah. And that's really one of the beauty, I think, of running display ads that, especially over the last couple of years, has become a little more prominent because mm-hmm. of, you know, updates and this, that, and the other, uh, that the sustainability and the uh, predictability of the amount of money that's spent online, totally. you know, I'm when you know you mentioned other options to make money online, especially with our blogs, mm-hmm. one of which being affiliate marketing, it works totally. great, but it is very up and down. You know, there's one month you might kill it, and the next month you're gonna be you know scraping pennies off the bottle of the jar. And uh, the cool thing about ads is that it is very consistent and somewhat predictable because there's always going to be businesses who want to get in front of your audience as long as you build like a nice clean audience. So that makes perfect sense. Totally. Um, why that why that will work out. Yeah. Yeah. I Have you like done affiliate marketing in the past or monetized with affiliate? Yeah. I'm actually kind of more old school when it comes to that. Because when okay. I first got started, I did everything affiliate marketing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's super common. I hear that from so many publishers. That yeah, that's kind of how they started out. 100%. That's all we did was how to monetize through affiliates. And then always ads was like, the secondary okay we'll just throw ads on there just just because and then it was adsense ads at the time so just Uh like adsense wasn't doing the greatest for us usually (laughs) um but then we always say you're gonna always make more money with affiliate marketing you're gonna always make more money with affiliate marketing but nowadays because it's easier it's seemingly it's easier to rank for more informational content that tends to get more traffic than uh your standard you know best x for y post um it's great to be able to partner with a company like ezoic and just I love the the standoffness of it because mm-hmm. I can install the plugin and just let it ride. I don't mm-hmm. have to do too much about placing placeholders and doing this and doing that. Yeah, the plugin is great for that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes it so easy. So I easy. Yeah, yeah. I remember like the day that that came out, we were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that is that is a bit of a, a barrier because for some, yeah. they're like, okay, I got to go out there and I got to figure out which going to be the best place. Should I put it at the top of the header, the bottom, mm-hmm. the sidebar? Is the sidebar even going to be on my website when people are visiting on mobile? All of this randomness. But Ezoic has made it so simple with their plugin yeah. where you literally just plug it in and let the AI just figure it out. Totally. And the nice thing about the plugin too is uh, when the plugin inserts placeholders for you, it's inserting these placeholders based on like what we think is like the best practices. So if you were to have your site, you know, set up with placeholders by someone who's been working at Azoic for seven years, like that would be the placeholder setup that they set up. Um, so now anybody can just insert that, you know, with the plugin. Um, but going back to kind of what you said, like trying to figure out like what is the best place to put a plate? Like, should I put it at the top of the page? Should I not? Um, I think that's like what's so cool about a placeholder is that it's really just like a testing location. So I always tell publishers, and again, if you're using the plugin, it makes it really easy because it'll do all this for you. Um, But if you do want to go in and make adjustments to your placeholder setup, I always say to have at least 10 to 15 placeholders on a page. I have talked to a lot of publishers in the past who that scared them because they're like, I don't want 15 ads on my page. But I do digress that a placeholder is just a potential app location. So you're really just saying that, hey, Azoic, this is a place where you can test out a different ad placement or layout in this spot when a visitor lands on my page to see how lucrative it is and if it you know, affects user experience. So really having as many placeholders as possible is saying like, okay, Zoic, I'm going to give you as many variables as possible to test, which results in just faster testing and optimization. Okay. Well, that leads me to this question. That's a great point that you make there because a lot of people, I mean, I think I even thought that when I first got started, I don't want ads everywhere. Um, can you over-optimize? Will a plugin allow me to over-optimize? No, it won't. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's, that's good to hear. So yeah. Zoic kind of protects me 
from showing too many ads, even if I did put yeah. 500 placeholders on the page, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, I don't know. You know what? I don't know if anybody's ever put 500 placeholders on page or, or a, I don't know if anyone's put a ridiculously high number of placeholders on their page. But I mean, if you think about like, if you have a long form article, like say you have an article with like 2000 words or maybe higher because some sites do, but again, every site is very different. That's why we should be customizing, you know, ad layouts depending on the site, uh, the site. But if you have an article that is super, super long, like I would say put 30, put 30 placeholders in there because it's longer form content. Again, Zoic is going to test to figure out what is the best placement location um, for the user that lands on that article during that time uh, based on, you know, historical data from that type of user. Gotcha. And that's actually very comforting. <laughs> just to make sure <laughs> I don't, I don't mess goal. it up myself, right? <laughs> because like you mentioned, I'm, I'm more, I'm just trying to get more traffic and more content. I don't have time to worry about where every using ad inserter or something like that to try to figure yeah. out where every uh, uh, ad needs to go. But you did mention the personalization of the user who's on the site or the visitor and the ads being presented to them specifically because of who they are. How does mm -hmm. Ezoic track that? Are they using cookies because aren't cookies going away or something? How does that work? Yes. Yeah. Cookies are going away. So um, I'm sure you've heard of it. I'm sure anybody who's listening to this, if you have been online maybe any time in the past six months that you've heard the death of the third party cookies, boom, boom, boom. It's like, dun, dun, dun. yeah, it's very much... Um, I don't know, been treated as like a, a doomsday kind of effect. Uh, and I've heard it like time and time again. Um, I actually went to like a publisher event in person uh, and I talked to like tons of publishers there, which was really cool, by the way, because obviously given the pandemic, we haven't been able to like see people in person in so many years. So that was exciting side note. But um, yeah, I talked to tons of publishers just while I was there. And a lot of them were like, you know, I'm really worried about, you know, the death of the third party cookie. Um, and I kind of it kind of surprised me because I'm like, wow, this is really telling me how many people are you know so worried about this because you know for me like on my day to day at Azoic, you know we're not concerned at all. It's really not anything to like be afraid of at least for us. Um, and it has been something that's been kind of approaching for a really long time now. Kind of feels like eternity that this has been going on. But um, I mean, regardless, like I think you know the the death of the third party cookie is really coming from. Uh, privacy regulations uh, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, and yeah, I mean, for Azoic, we don't use third-party cookies. Um, we never have. We don't use them in anything that we do. Uh, so that personalization that I was talking about uh, is because all of our optimizations are coming from our servers. So Azoic sits uh, server-side. We deliver all of our ads uh, from the server. That means that Azoic kind of works like as a proxy between you, your website, and your host. So all of your traffic runs through uh, Azoic servers. And because of that, we're able to collect and store like user behavior and data that allows us to make these decisions that tell us, okay, you know, what's the best ad placement, location, delivery, et cetera, et cetera, for every visitor that lands on the page. Um, and when I say that we're, you know, kind of tracking that user and their behavior, it's not necessarily, it's actually not at all like the same thing as like a third party, like cookie tracking because third party cookies, you know, they're cooking a user and then kind of following them around the internet, that same exact person and saying, we want to show them the same exact ad. Uh, what we're being able to test and track is basically how that user uh, reacts to certain ad experiences uh, as a means of user experience. So for example, if I land on a page and I'm given a certain ad experience and I bounce from that page or I don't you know, navigate further into the site, click on other pages, engage with the page or interact, um, then it's going to remember that and it's going to change and adjust for a user experience that's going to be better for me. So that's kind of how our um, testing works uh, and how it's a little bit different than like what third-party cookies do. Yeah. And you know what? That that makes plenty of sense. I just actually read uh, the YouTube formula by Daryl Eves. It's a good book on how to grow on YouTube. And he mentioned on there that YouTube doesn't do the third party cooking themselves either. What they do is when someone that. lands on the site, they look to see what videos they watched and how, yeah. they, how their experience was. Yeah. But then the next time they come back, they can give them more videos like that. It would be super weird if they went to you know, a website on, uh, went to Amazon and they looked at 
you know, um, I don't know, a battery. And then they go to YouTube and then all of a sudden they're presented with videos from batteries that will look kind of weird. And yeah. that's not what they wanted. They want yeah. to preserve the experience on the platform. So that's essentially what Ezoic is doing, right? Yeah, that's such a good, that's so cool that you said that. I didn't know that, but I was thinking about like my own YouTube, just like channel home homepage. And it's all like based on my history within YouTube, which just is what I would prefer, but it's not really something that you think about. Yeah. But I think if I were to go into YouTube, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it works out. And it works out pretty well because the experience, YouTube's experience has just gotten better over time. And they keep people on the platform longer and longer because of so much that they've learned from people's experiences with the videos on the platform. So Ezoic does the exact same thing. Exactly. They're just adding this information yeah. based on people's experience, but it's across many, many I'm sorry, hundreds of thousands of different websites, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, and so it's really, it truly is like first-party data. So that's why, I mean, when we say, you know, the, the death of the cookie, it's, I think, a good thing for publishers, especially, you know, for Azoic publishers because we have that first-party data. We're kind of in a, at an advantage there. But also, like, I mean, aside from that, just like publishers in general, like with cookies going away, um, I think that it's a good thing for publishers and website owners because if you think about like the reason that third-party cookies were created in the first place, so they were created by you know Google, Facebook, you know big tech. Uh, they created it back in the day so that they could capture and follow you know the exact people that advertisers wanted to target. So it made advertisers' lives very easy. Uh, they did get a little lazy because they could just uh, follow their you know target audience around the internet and just show ads to them that way. Um, now, with that kind of going away, advertisers are going to have to work a little bit harder to advertise in front of the eyeballs that they want. So in order to do that, especially digitally, they're going to have to seek out really good quality websites, really good quality traffic uh, to try and get in front of the users that they want to reach. So I think as a website owner, like you have that upper hand in that sense. Um, and then in general, I just think that, I mean, we were kind of talking about this at the beginning, but like, you know, digital uh, ad spend is not going away. It's increasing year over year. Everything is online and it's going to continue uh, to move that way. So I think it's a good thing. You know, Safari, Firefox, they've already blocked third-party cookies for over a year now, maybe longer, long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you look at EPMV for um, Chrome and Android and compare that to Safari, uh, it's a little bit different because of that discrepancy and, and that Safari and Firefox have already blocked third-party cookies. But as soon as that goes away on Chrome and Android, the playing field's going to be entirely leveled. Yeah, yeah. That's really helpful because <laughs> there's so there's, the sky is always falling, right? The sky there's is always falling. There's, there's something, always something, there's something that's going to end civilization yes. as we know it. Yeah. It's just better if we just sit there. I remember at one point it was um, GDPR and everything that was going on in yeah. the EU. Yeah. Everyone thought oh, blogging's dead. It's never coming back. Oh my it's, gosh, yeah, yeah. yes. That it's was when I first thing. kind of started working in this industry too. And I was like, GDPR? What is that? And I really was like, this is the end of the world. But it's yeah, and and just just where we happen to be now, and I, I hear a lot of people, you know, the sky is falling, this is the end, and I'm like, it'll, it'll be fine, chill, it's chill. all right, <laughs> just keep rolling, and because at the end of the day, a skill of being able to attract an audience is going to always be able to make you some money, especially because there's always um, there's always businesses that was willing to pay to get in front of that audience, so I mean, it, it just it doesn't get any better than that in my right. opinion. One thing I always say too about this, um, to try and provide some comfort a little bit, but like if you think about how much revenue Google gets from ads, because again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like 90% of the ads that you see on the internet are served from Google's ad manager. You can actually like check this by if you're on a website and you kind of hover over with your mouse over an ad, in that bottom left-hand corner, there's like a little load sign if it says like G dot double click, I think it says, or maybe G dot mm -hmm. something. It's a Google ad. So most ads are coming from Google and Google would not willingly make the change to kill off third-party cookies if they really thought it was going to hurt revenue that bad because it would hurt them probably more than it would hurt, you know, the publishers. Yeah. And you had to look at it from a business side of view as well. It's like yeah. they wouldn't, what did they say? Cut off your, cut off their nose to spite their own face or something yep. like that. Yes. They wouldn't do that. It doesn't exactly. Yes. for them. So I made, you know what? I made a comment. 
sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I made a comment on a, a recent podcast that I did and, um, I think maybe we were talking about cookies. I can't remember exactly, but I said, you know, if you think about, um, you know, Google, or it was like, you know, are are websites that have ads um, more authoritative or, you know, better than websites that don't have ads when it comes to like search traffic? And I was kind of like, you know, maybe if you think about it, you know, if you're a user and you're going to a site from Google search, Google is going to want you to land on those websites where Google ads are displaying. Um, and you know, some of the response was like, that would be so, you know, there would be some huge legal problems with that, that there's no way that that's true. But if you look at where Google's been at in terms of legal problems in the past couple of years and all of, all of big, big tech, um, yeah, I know that's a controversial one, but I, I like to throw some things in there that stir the pot just a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I, I get it because um, I remember when I first got started on YouTube, one of the things that a mentor of mine told me was that uh, turn on ads as soon as you can, the second you can, because, and you said Google, YouTube, they'll never admit it. Uh-huh. But if, as soon as you have ads on there, you'll start getting more views. Trust me. And yep. he wasn't wrong. Okay. And why is that? Wrong. Because Google owns YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah that, that, I, I get that. Yeah. So, um, all right, let me ask you this. I'm going to circle back to the little thing here. Um, as we, you know, there's so many different ways to monetize. We talked about affiliate marketing and the pros and cons of it. And then we, we jumped into display ads. And I know a lot of people just immediately just, yeah, let me just jump on uh, uh, Google AdSense. Why should I choose Ezoic? Yeah, so Google AdSense, I think, you know, a lot of people think is there, it's a good starting point because I think ads can be intimidating. Um, in fact, I know ads can be intimidating, especially if you're still new to even trying to figure out like how to build a WordPress site, like what SEO is. Um, You want to start monetizing as early as possible, but at the same time, it's overwhelming. So I think AdSense, you know, is an easy first step because uh, they have the auto ads. So basically you just put a script in the header of your site and it'll just automatically kind of like dump ads on a page and you don't really have to do anything else. Um, And I think a lot of people are like, yep, that's easy. That's good. Um, The reason why I think that it's much, much better to go with something like Azoic is going to come back to like our, our testing. So this kind of goes back to like, this is what sets Azoic apart from really any monetization solution when it comes to programmatic ads. And it's basically like the way that uh, our testing increases the value of your website to advertisers. So when you're using something like AdSense, again, it's just kind of like auto inserting ads onto the page. There's no testing behind it. There's no like reason for the ads that it's serving. It's really just kind of like a dump. It's just an ad dump. Um, And while that's fine, like you are getting revenue from that uh, when you're testing for that user experience, because the user experience is the most important thing. That's going to be how long does a user spend on your website? How many pages do they visit on your website? Do they engage with the page? Because when they do all of those things, then advertisers are going to bid higher for that user. Um, And so they're going to bid higher for, you know, the ad space on your website. So when you're using something like Azoic and you're testing all of those things, over time, your ad space, we call it um, your ad inventory. It's basically like to advertisers, like where they can show ads on on your website, it's going to become more valuable over time. And so as Zoe continues to learn and test and get better, your ad inventory just becomes more and more valuable. Advertisers are going to start bidding higher for the ad space on your website. Uh, And so eventually, I mean, over time, you will be able to start showing less ads and increasing your revenue instead of the other way around. Because what happens if you're using something like AdSense and you just use that forever, it's the opposite really direction. So you'll kind of just like dump ads on a page. Again, there's no optimizations that are happening at all. And so eventually as time goes on, in order for you know something like AdSense to be able to continue to uh, increase in revenue, like with your traffic, it's going to have to start showing 
more ads and more ads, more ads, um, in order to keep up with that same, you know, revenue path that you're on. Um, but really you want to go in the opposite direction. We call that like your long-term, you know, health of your website. I think another thing, you know, with just kind of going off of that separately, when it comes to publishers and really their thought process when first starting a website um, is really like barrier to entry. Everybody knows AdSense. Um, any any website can start using AdSense, no matter like what your traffic level are. Um, but again, as of the past year or so, uh, you do not need any uh, traffic level or um, page view limit in order to get access to Azoic and to start showing ads on your website. So we have a program, it's called Access Now. And so for any website that is less than 10,000 monthly page views, you can join this program and start monetizing, which we really encourage because again, you're kind of getting a head start on like that testing and like building out that historical data. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, that's really cool. That is really cool. And the access now, that is a good service. I've, I've used it personally myself. Yeah. And it works out really, really well. Yeah. And something about, I don't know how long it's been since you have like been in that program, but we've changed things up recently because again, it's only about a year old, maybe two now. Again, I don't really know time with the pandemic because yeah. everything was a blur. Um, but with Access Now, as of recently, um, we no longer require any kind of test in order to get access to ads. Um, you used to have to go through like um, a, love, a certain amount of courses. Um, again, the courses just teach you kind of like what ads are. They teach you how to integrate with Azoic and they teach you, you know, how to put ads on your website and like what that means. Um, and you used to need to pass, you know, a test that says, I understand this information, uh, in order to get access. And you did have to go through all the courses, but we've gotten rid of that now. So what used to take like maybe a couple of days on average to complete now you could do in really just an hour or so, because there's no test, uh, and there's no requirements. Um, you really just kind of walk through the course and it teaches you how to integrate. If you can set it up and do that yourself, you're good to go. Sarah, you're like looking at my notes because that actually was my next question. Really? How, how easy is it to join? Ezoic? It's funny because when we started talking about that, I was like, oh, I should mention this because it is a new thing. It's only like, uh, I think maybe a couple months old. I'm like, this would be a good thing. to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause I remember going through it. And yeah, it was, yeah I think we were was, talking about it. Yeah. It was a long it was a long process. But yes. I mean, to get to the other side of it, plus the understanding that you do get from doing it is helpful. You know, I totally. will give it that. And, um, you know, especially when you're when you're buying and selling websites, just to see Ezoic ads on the site shows you that they have met some criteria in order to be considered, okay, this is a good enough site to show ads and it totally. must be a decent site. So, I mean, I, I do sometimes look at a website and if it has ads or not, I can say, okay, there's a little sense of credibility there, you know. Right, from- right. Because that site, I mean, regardless of, you know, whatever they're using to monetize, uh, you know that it adheres to Google policy because it does go through that, you know, quality review to make sure, okay, the content is not scraped, um, all of the language is appropriate, and the traffic is not bought or invalid traffic. So yeah. it is assuring. Awesome. Awesome. Now I got an interesting question for you. All right. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, some people can kind of see certain ad networks as to, as who they are. Right. And they're yes. trying to get to one point to the other, and then they might even want to, okay, I'm going to, now that I made this particular threshold, I'm going somewhere else immediately. What's to keep someone at Ezoic even after they've read certain, after they've met certain thresholds? Hopefully you yeah. understand what I'm asking there. Yes. I I really just digress back to like that main point of like the testing that happens because it's so, so important. And this is something that Azoic does that no other monetization solution does when it comes to display ads. Because if you look at Azoic, we are a self-serve technology. We have technology behind everything that we do. Um, other players in this space, it's you're outsourcing your ad ad setup, ad layout placements, whatever you want to call it. You're basically handing your website to someone and you're saying, okay, put ads on my site. They put ads on your site. Again, it's kind of like going back to that, you know, example I used earlier of like a newspaper or a magazine where like, you know, the ads are fixed on a page and they never change depending on who you are, what your interests are, where you're landing on the page from, if you're connected to Wi-Fi at the time, if you're on a mobile device, if you're on a desktop, those are not things that are being tested by any other monetization solution other than Azoic. So when we are testing for those things for every single visitor that lands on your site, when you start getting to the range where you have around 
say, 100,000 monthly page views, or sorry, 100,000 monthly visitors that are landing on your site, then if you think about you know, all of the tests that are happening every single second, millisecond, thousands of decisions being made by Azoic technology behind the scenes, that is what's going to result in the absolute like top performance for bidders, advertisers, on your website. So again, going back to that like long-term health and what I was talking about when you're comparing like an Azoic versus an AdSense, the longer time that you spend with Azoic, the higher your uh, value of your ad inventory is going to be. Uh, we've seen it like time and time again. It really is. you. I think you have to really think about your website and your business um, long-term. You need to think about what is going to make the most sense, not a year from now, but five years from now. Like this site, is it going to be making the absolute most possible it could be and then some, you know, or do I kind of want to like test out something out and or test something out now and lose all of that historical data and testing that I had gathered over time? Yeah. Yeah. So it like basically helps you treat this more like a business. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And I think like there's, you know, I mean, aside, I know we've spent a lot of time kind of talking about, you know, the way our technology works for ad delivery, but I mean, as though, like, we really see ourselves as a end-to-end platform for publishers. So we have full suites of tools, a full suite of tools. Um, and there's technology, machine learning behind every single product that we come out with and every single thing that we do. Um, and so, you know, if you think about it, you have all of the control because we are a self-serve platform. But I mean, everything when it comes to video, monetizing video, SEO tools, um, site speed and core web vital tools, analytics, everything that we offer you is really designed to help you understand your traffic better, understand how your users behave, and then make decisions for your website based on all of those things. That's cool, you know, because like you mentioned, uh, in the end, that's really now that I think about it, you're right, you know, I mean, obviously, but <laughs> but when you're going through the whole process, there's so many things that Ezoic does offer. You have the leap, which helps your website go faster. Mm-hmm. You can even host a website for a, a publisher if you'd like. And I mean, I can't even think of any more, but I mean, there's so many totally that, that, that are there that really, like you mentioned, no other networks are really offering totally. that at all. Yeah. And you know what? When you mentioned Leap, it reminded me of something too, that in the past couple of weeks, we've noticed um, Google inside of Core Web Vitals, um, or sorry, not inside of Core Web Vitals, inside of uh, PageSpeed Insights. So like Lighthouse, Google Dev, Dev Tools. So if you're like testing your your speed on your site um, using one of those tools, um, you know, if you're not passing any of the certain Core Web Vitals uh, areas, it comes up with like recommendations, like you need to improve this, you need to improve that. So now uh, Google is actually recommending Leap, Azoic Leap, uh, and some of our optimization settings in there, like our critical CSS optimizations. It's recommending use Zoic Leap to help with this. Uh, and it's also recommending our caching app. So we've seen, you know, sites where it runs a test in it and Google says use uh, Zoic's caching app to help with, you know, um, caching for your website. And so I'm like, that's cool that Google's now uh, telling users to use our speed optimization products, which is so awesome to see. Yeah. And just to be clear, you didn't negotiate that at all, right? It just popped up one day? No. So what happened was, is I, th- I think somebody sent it uh, to marketing. and was like, did you guys do this? And we were like, no, <laughs> but maybe we should be like, yeah, we did that. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but I mean, we are a Google publishing partner, so they yeah. have transparency over all of our products. We you know, shared with them what products we're coming out with before they come out. So they know how all of our products work. Um, so I'm sure that had a factor in it. Yeah, no, and that's that's pretty cool that Google themselves, on their own volition, recommends Ezoic yes. Leap yes. to help your site pass Core Web Vitals. Yes, that's huge. Awesome. That is really, really huge. It's awesome. We've come a long way from SiteSpeed Accelerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, that, that was a knock a while ago. I say, it was a while ago, but you know, early on, you know, hey, Ezoic's great, but it slows down your site, but no more, right? No more. Yes, no more. That's that was awesome. like a perfect example of like really us kind of like listening to what our, you know, publishers are saying, like, what are their reactions here? And, you know, we learned from that and we were able to completely sunset that product and come out with something that is amazing and a million times better. 
Yeah, they even Google approves now. Yes. <laughs> now, yes. You mentioned um, listening to your to your audience, which I can definitely attest you definitely do. Um, one of the things that comes up a lot is Ezoic Premium and yes. how with Ezoic Premium, you know, a lot of people can see, oh, yeah, I'm getting better ad partners. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. But I got to pay for it. Could you explain how that works? Yes. So this comes at a good time because it does um, align with what we were talking about earlier when it comes to like direct deals. So premium is our invite only program. Um, It allows publishers to get access to direct deals actually. So we have premium ad partners that we Azoic work with. And these are, again, like big brands that Azoic, because we are a large uh, organization and we have thousands, tens of thousands websites in our network, you know, we can use that almost as a selling point to these larger brands and say, look, we have all of these websites that you could display your ad campaigns on, and we will, you know, provide that ROI and we will cover that overhead cost to deliver on those ad campaigns. And because we kind of have that bargaining power, uh, then these brands are willing to work with us. And so that's kind of what premium is. The reason it's invite only is because um, every campaign is so different and the brands that we work with often change. Um, We need to make sure that whatever website we are uh, running these ad campaigns on, we can deliver a positive uh, ROI. So that's why, you know, it is invite only. So if you're someone who uh, is interested in being invited to premium and you haven't yet, I always tell publishers really just try and focus on um, growing traffic to your site and then producing like good, clean content um, and really driving traffic in, in healthy ways not doing anything that is maybe a little suspicious or maybe trying like some bot traffic, stuff like that. Um, Because as your site continues to grow and continues to prove healthy, then we'll be able to um, deliver ad campaigns on those sites. So that's kind of what premium is. Again, uh, the subscription cost does come from the overhead costs that we cover in order to deliver those direct ad deals. Um, But yeah, does that kind of make sense about like what kind of goes on with premium? Yeah, there's power in numbers, right? Yes, and because totally. you have so many, you can say you can probably broker better deals because Absolutely. you have so many, right? Yeah. So we have a whole team that's just dedicated to going out and like getting these deals for our premium publishers. So again, what we were talking about earlier with like how difficult it can be, because it really is, you know, if you think about back in the day, like you would go out, try and sell yourself. Um, or even like when magazines were still a thing, you know, you would go out and you'd bring the magazine rep out and you like buy them a fancy dinner or something and try and be like, all right, so we want to advertise on your magazine. Take them golfing. Right. Vice versa. Um, obviously that's not how the world works anymore. Um, so much so because everything's very digital now. And so, yeah, we do have that bargaining power because we have such a large network of websites that use Azoic. Um, and because again, we are a very large company, um, brands can trust that we can deliver that positive ROI. Nice. Nice. Well, that's, that's really cool. Cause it, that is a growing sentiment. A lot of people are wondering about that. Why is it separate and different, but it's because you're able to get better, higher paying deals, which yes. inevitably leads to more money. Yes. So yes. that's really cool. I will say going off of that, just premium. And I can't share any information because. Uh Oh, do you have to whisper it? I have to whisper. Okay. <laughs> there will be some um, big changes to premium and the offerings there, um, and just some announcements to kind of how we are revamping the entire program that I think a lot of people are going to be very, very happy with. Uh, that's all I can say. But are, are we um, breaking news on the blogger? Breaking podcast? news. Yes, it is breaking news. Um, unfortunately, I can't share any more information than that. But um, yeah, just be expecting some announcements there about some changes um, that I think are going to be very, very positive um, for everybody involved. Well, that's just an excuse to have you back on, Sarah. Right. You know? there, there you go. Let's schedule it. <laughs> All right, cool. So let me ask you this. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Zoic. I finally get on. I'm getting ads displayed on my site. Everything's great. What's one ninja trick that I just keep missing that I need to be doing? Okay. The number one thing that publishers need to be doing. If you are monetizing with ads, you need to put video on your website. 1000%. So Azoic has a video player. So we have a few video products and we are coming out with more. There's actually quite a few um, in our beta test uh, platform right now, which is called Trailblazer, where we allow publishers to beta test different products. 
But um, aside from that, Video Player has been a product that's been out for a while. What Video Player does, it allows you to um, host videos on your website. So if you create a video um, and put it on YouTube and then embed that video, that YouTube video on your site, you can still get ad revenue from that. But again, it's not as lucrative because again, it's coming from YouTube and they keep such a high percentage of that ad revenue. So when you self-host your own videos on your website, the revenue that you keep is immensely higher. So again, I really, really, really recommend, um, if you haven't yet, um, dabbled with video. I know it's intimidating for a lot of people to, you know, figure out how to go from like writing content to creating video content. But, you know, if you look out there online, there's quite a few uh, resources that you can use, you know, to help you create video content. I know we've talked about like Canva Pro is an option, um, or you could just, you know, film something yourself if you don't want to be in a video. Um, Mm You know, there's other options out there, but um, I've even shared with publishers before, like a good starting point just to test out, you know, how lucrative video is would be to do like um, an intro to your website kind of video. And it can just be explaining like, hi, welcome to my website. You know, here is some of the information that you can find in my website. And you can just run that um, as a playlist that plays throughout your site. So our video player, you know, works the exact same way as our ad placeholders do. So it's going to insert videos wherever it makes sense for the user uh, in the content in order to get the most uh, views and plays uh, in order to get also like the most people watching the entire video. So if you have a page that maybe has pretty good traffic, but the EPMV, you know, isn't where you would want it to be, I highly, highly recommend and I can't recommend it enough, putting a video on that page and just watching that EPMV skyrocket. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's pretty powerful because um, I've shown a lot of people, uh, helped a lot of people start YouTube channels and do this, that, and the other. And it's real about getting in front of a camera or even just speaking in front of a camera, right? Yeah. What we're, yeah. What we're doing now is, is a fear for a lot it of is. people. Yes. Does the Zoic help with creating video? Yes. So we do. And we have a product that is going to be available sometime soon. Again, um, Trailblazer is where you can access uh, tools that are in alpha and in beta. So if you have access to Trailblazer, again, if you're a level one or higher, uh, you'll be able to see certain things uh, in Trailblazer. So you can check in on that to see if there's something new that you can test out. But one product that we have been working on building out for quite some time uh, is an, a video generator. So it's kind of, it's an AI tool. It doesn't have an official name yet, so I'm not going to say something and coin that term, but it is a tool that allows you to create video yourself. So what you can do is go in and it looks similar to something like Canva Pro or really anything that you've maybe used um, to piece together like a presentation or you know a PowerPoint in the past. But what you can do with this tool is select an article from your site or maybe you haven't published an article yet. You have something, you know, a script uh, in your in your Google Docs you haven't yet put on WordPress. You can copy and paste that article, uh, insert it into this tool, and it's going to auto-generate in just a few seconds a video for that article. Uh, it pulls all of the content, and it basically learns from the content to deliver it in a, in a video that's actually extremely impressive. So it's going to generate that video, but also you have the ability to edit it and change things because you might not be super happy with, you know, just the way it is. Or if you're like me, you are very picky about things being your way. And so you have the option to go in and uh, change the design. You can switch up the layout. You can take out any information that you don't want to be in there. But um, you can pull from so many different uh, creative materials here to put this video together. So there's stock images, there's, you know, B-roll videos that you can drag and drop into that video. Um, And then also it's narrated. So we have tons of different um, AI narrators that actually sound like real people. So it doesn't really sound like Siri, but it sounds like, you know, someone's presenting that information. Um, And it'll pull from the article and pull kind of a script and put a script together for like how to present that information. You can edit that if you want. Again, there's lots of customizations um, available. So it's a really great and easy way to put video on your website if you don't want to get behind a camera. Uh, And hopefully that's going to be available um, for a lot more publishers in the coming months. Right. That's awesome. And to get access to that, you said you had to be level one or above within Ezoic? 
So it'll be kind of a trickle down effect because we're really going to start out with this tool testing with really small groups. And then as we start to get more feedback and we can make updates to it and make it better, then it'll just become available to more and more groups. So again, I would just be checking the Trailblazer um, area of your dashboard. Trailblazer is our beta program. So it's optional. Again, if you just want to wait until the finished and final product is available in your dashboard, you can do that too. But if you want to be part of the beta testing group, uh, it is going to be in Trailblazer um, eventually for level one and up. That is awesome. Yeah. We're excited about that. It's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many possibilities out there yeah. with that. And with video being so ingrained in society already, being able to infuse that on a blog can help liven up the blog too, Completely. which is really, really cool. And I also think you're giving options to for, you know, um, just more people to consume that content because maybe, yeah. you know, if you're looking for content and you don't have time to read the article or you can't look at your phone and you can listen to that, it's already just, you know, it's, you're putting your content out there for more people to consume in different ways, which I think is awesome. Yeah. That maybe even a little ADA stuff right yes, there is helpful yes. as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, look, we're, we're at the end of our time. Look, you've cleared up so many things. <laughs> yeah. Like I, we, we almost need another hour, you know? Yes. Well, but, we'll do uh, that other podcast. We'll schedule it and do another okay, one. <laughs> now, wait till we get the name to some of your programs that you can yes, publicly yes. come out. <laughs> Break the news on the podcast. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> but um, other than that, I mean, is there anything else that maybe we didn't talk about that maybe you want to hop on briefly or are we good? Not that I can think of, but I also haven't had coffee yet today. So maybe that's why. But I, I do feel like we covered our bases very well. Oh, what, man, it, was, it was all you. You know, you were able to infuse so much cl uh, clarity in what, 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 can, what can some see on the inside or from the outside of being a little hazy. But you cleared up a lot of that. That makes me happy. That's that's my job here. Everything that we do at marketing is really uh, education-based. So everything that I've done here in the past couple of years has really been to just help publishers understand and then just educate them further on the space. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much. Where can people find you if they want to chat with you, talk with you? or where Yes. Can so I'm actually new on Twitter. Woo! Uh, I made a Twitter a couple weeks ago, maybe like a month ago. Um, and it really is supposed to be, you know, it's a Twitter kind of focus to this industry um, and really just like the publishing world. Uh, so I am Sarah Knows Web. So my name is Sarah. So it's the first three letters of my name, S-A-R, and then Knows uh, Web, W-E-B. So find me there follow me i'll follow you back <laughs> hey i'll be sure to put that in the in the description yeah, as well thank, twitter's thank had this you. resurgence because it's been out for forever and all of a sudden everyone's going back to twitter so i don't know what's so going the, on yeah there. the thing is like i have a personal twitter that i've had since like 2010 yeah but i was quite young in 2010 and so i was like tweeting about justin bieber and i'm not going to try and rely in that twitter so i made a new one um just seemed to make the most sense. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, cool. So everyone should follow you on Twitter. Hey, go do yes. that right now. I'll put a link down in the show notes. Thank so that you. you can check out her newest, latest and greatest Twitter. And as she promised, she'll follow you back. I um, will. I will. A great <laughs> follow back. Follow for follow. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Sarah, for being on. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much.